Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. We are here to talk UFC 238. Effort. The main event of this card is Tony Ferguson taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. That's the main event. But on paper... We have Marla Marais taking on Henry Cejudo and Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica I both with titles on the line. But I say it again, our main event is Tony Ferguson taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I am your host, a daily fantasy sniper, back after a few of us were, were ill last week, bumped a <laughs> yeah. little bit, bumped a little bit this week as as Joe had had something to do. And you know what? We, we couldn't miss another week. We are Friday night. We have a bunch of people waiting um, to talk about fights, we're going to talk about everything from a DraftKings perspective. You can follow that. You can watch the replay of this, or listen to the replay of this. Excuse me. See, I'm rusty. You can listen to this after the fact on iTunes. Make sure and subscribe to Rotowire MMA. We record these typically on. What night do we record these? Fridays, right? Friday. Yeah, That's Friday. Yeah. At, at Friday at 8 o'clock. We're back a couple hours tonight at 10 o'clock. Make sure you are on YouTube. Comment. We love everybody in chat. To those, here we go, sniper, here we go, woof, woof. That's just wow. an eye, yeah. Oh. That's probably auto. No, no, it's 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 my man, Will. It's, it's my man, Will. Um, I don't know if that's just you saying you're excited or if you're picking dogs. I don't have a lot of dogs that I like. 
So as you can see, interact with everybody on chat. Props to those guys. Thanks for hanging around a couple of hours late today. As I mentioned, brought to you by Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. As I mentioned, I am your host. And now we can get to the analysts, the guys who do most of the heavy lifting around here. I'm just here to be funny. And you know, if I, I need a haircut. Otherwise, I'd say I'm the eye candy. But I got a haircut. Yeah, need one. Otherwise, I'm say I, I'm just here for uh, sex appeal. But Ooh. the guys, the analysts, we have Joe Sunsu and Chris also on Twitter who is at real Chris Olson, guys, are you excited for this card? I am excited to be back healthy. I missed both of you terribly. I missed all of our fans out there. And um, this card is very interesting to me. There's there's a lot of fights here that I, I think can go either way. And a couple of them that I think could maybe hinge um, a good or bad lineup. So I'm really excited to get back uh, analyzing this and uh, – I will not waste any further time. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so uh, coming off a pretty good week myself. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I like that. Uh, no, really, actually, it was a pretty decent week. I like that uh, the uh, televised slate contests are up already on DK. Yeah. Um, if I, I can always find something not to be happy about. But, uh, you know, I would have liked to see more than a, a small little 5K bump in the 15, considering it's a pay-per-view event. But uh, that is a very small Criticism, there are a lot of good contests out this week. Last chance to actually qualify for the uh, VIP experience. Um, there's two contests, $100 and 10 You could put 18 in the 10 and 2 in the 100 So if you're doing if you're doing 20 entry lineups, uh, they got you covered. You know, all for a, a, a minor, 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 minor investment of $390, $380. You can you can go for that VIP package. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited, man. Five female fights. Has there ever been a UFC card with five female fights on it? I can't I, remember. I, I can't think of one. And you know what? that's a good segue to our first fight of the night is sure. Joanne Calderwood, 8,100, taking on Caitlin Chugagian, also at 8,100. Both women minus 105 apiece. Joe, first women's fight. You can kick us off. Okay, so – you know, this is this is a, the, the lines have tightened up on this fight. Um, when the first opened, JoJo was minus one fifty. I believe it's minus one ten each way now. Um, I'm not sure that I understand the love for Chukagian here. Um, you know, she is, I guess, what the boys at Best Fight Picks call a weasel. You know, with her grunts and air punches. Um, I am very impressed at the progression of JoJo Calderwood. I mean, she, it looks like she's finally putting it all together. Uh, camp change, uh, you know, moved out to Las Vegas, good coaching, very impressive, her last couple of fights. Um, I like her here. I mean, it's it's not – there's not any great line value. It's, I believe, what, 80, 81, 81, either way. But um, this is not the best fight to target. However, um, if you're going to pick a fighter for exposure and if you're looking for a winner, um, I'm going to go with JoJo just based off her recent performance. Yeah, I think even if you're picking Caitlin Chukagian to win, I, I think if you're rational, you have to understand that Calderwood's probably the better DraftKings player yep. just because in her win, she's going to score more than, than Chukagian yep. uh, in her path to victory. Chris? Yeah, uh, well, first I just want to say um, I'm still fighting back a couple of coughs, so uh, if you do see that, my apologies, folks. But um, coming coming to the fight I mean I, I basically echo pretty much what you guys said I mean I, I I'm impressed with um, 
with uh, JoJo's uh, progression as well. I like the fact that she's using her wrestling more. She is physically strong. Um, she seems like she has a um, good idea what to do in top position. Uh, Chikagian is basically a, um, you know, she's going to, she's going to, you know, keep her distance and try to counterpunch. And JoJo can be counterpunched, but I just, I mean, she doesn't hit hard enough. And I think, I mean, the more impactful strikes are coming from JoJo, um, the, the crisper strikes are coming from JoJo. Um, I, I, I mean, I basically echo what you guys said is that, um, Jojo is the one who's gonna who's gonna score. I mean, I was looking over it. I think in her in her last ten fights, uh, I think Chikagian has one, uh, or or her last uh, however long her DraftKings history goes, she has one fight where she ten xed. Everything else, she was she's getting in the fifties and the sixties. So she's she's basically just a counter puncher and not a heavy one at that. You can't really trust her. So the pick is Jojo, and also the DraftKings play is Jojo. I'll have very little, if any, Chikagian. Eddie Wineland, 8,200, taking on Gregory Popoff at 8,000. Wineland, minus 140. Popoff, plus 130. Wineland, the grizzled vet. Popoff is the older newcomer. Um, I like this fight and inside the distance. I think this is one of the sneakier fights on the card to target. Uh, I like Wineland. Chris, who do you have? Um, yeah, you know, I came into this fight looking at it, uh, hoping – to be able to pick against Wineland because I just don't think that, I mean, like he's always had that. <laughs> then you watch pop off block right hands with his face for me. Yeah. I, I just, well, the thing is like Eddie Wineland, like I've never been all that comfortable. I, I know he's had his success in his career, of course, but never been all that comfortable with that style where you just let your hands float down. And um, the reason is that if you try to be more aggressive as he was in his last fight against Alejandro Perez, it leads to you, um, getting counter more. I mean, that style is more, is more just a, an ultimate counter style and that doesn't lead to points. And if he does choose to lead, he opens himself up more and, you know, he's getting on in there. He, do, he doesn't quite cut the angles as well anymore. He isn't quite as fast, although he's still reasonably fast, but, um, but yeah, th this guy, this guy pop off. I, um, you know, I just, I haven't really seen much from him at all. I, I, I um, the, the, all he's really shown me in his in his win, one win that I saw is that he can slide back and, and counter punch a guy who's running at him with his hands down. He does that pretty well, and um, he can set up a really a really slow go go plata and get it with somebody who doesn't know it's coming. He can do that uh, well too. Otherwise, I mean, decent takedown defense maybe you can say. Although Wineland's not probably not going to try to take him down. Um, he's a Muay Thai. Uh, uh, kickboxer by trade. You could tell he doesn't have any kind of footwork. Wineland's going to be way quicker darting in and out. Um, he, he seems to throw with power so he can be caught, but Wineland's chin hasn't, hasn't really gone. He, even in that Perez fight, he took some big shots. So um, I'm going to take Wineland just, just to win this on experience and technique. I, I just don't see anything from Popoff that shows me he's ready to fight at this level. Joe? Yeah, well, I honestly hope you're wrong, Sean, about this being a sneaky fight. The target I have my total exposure to this fight with Don't both, do it, Joe. Don't both do fighters. It. Both fighters. My total exposure is eight percent. So I uh, no, this this is it. the fight. This is a you know look. Here's the deal. Okay, so the UFC signs a guy that's older than Wineland. I think he's two months older than Wineland to make his UFC debut. I get that they're likely throwing Wineland a bone. Um, you know, Wineland's the firefighter, you know, maybe they're saying, Hey, you know, we'll give you a layup, you know, your swan song for all your, all your years of service. 
I just, you know, I just can't do it with a lot of confidence. So um, I'm going to pick Eddie Wineland as well to win, but I pretty much told everybody my exposure to this fight. So there you go. See, I don't, I don't think it's impossible that Wineland gets a finish here. I just be, I just think this guy is so raw and bad that I, that I, I, I don't really know what to expect from him. And, and Eddie Wineland still hits hard. I mean, a couple fights back, he still had, uh, he had a couple finishes. Granted, one of those was to uh, Mitsugaki, but I mean, he still hits pretty hard. So, you know, I'm, I'm not totally overlooking this fight either, is what I would say. Get in some Wineland, guys. More than 8%, please. Yeah, more than no, that dude, 8% is total for that fight. Not, not oh. you, need, you need to have at least double just Wineland. Anyway, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll disagree, I guess. We'll see if there's a cancellation. Bevin Lewis, 9,000, taking on Darren the Dentist Stewart at 7,200. Bevin Lewis, minus 155. Darren Stewart, plus 145. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah. The Be Bevin Lewis is interesting to me. Uh, coming into that um, Uriah Hall fight, I think I noted on, on uh, the, the pod that uh, he didn't really look that comfortable in space to me. And after the Uriah Hall uh, fight, I thought I was wrong. But I went back and looked, and I think that read was pretty much correct. I mean, he, he'll throw a big right hand. He'll throw, he'll, throw, he'll throw a leg kick. But what he really wants to do and what he really likes to do is get in the clinch, throw elbows, um, lock you up. Um, that's not to say that he can't throw hard. Of course, he does throw hard, and he's an athletic guy. But I do think he sort of seems lost in space sometimes. I don't know if that's going to be too much of a concern against Stewart, um, who is a guy who is always readily acceptable in the of the clinch throughout his entire career. Um, ate a couple of really hard elbows from Charles Bird in that fight before landing one of his own um, to eventually close it. And it's not that Darren Stewart hasn't come – um, some ways as his own in the kickboxer he has. He has a decent little jab. He's got power himself, but I just think Bevin's going to be um, too physically imposing here. I think he's going to get the fight he wants, and I think it's going to result in a stoppage. So um, I, I'm heavy on Bevin. Yeah, I, I like Bevin too, and I do think Darren Stewart is going to be super popular. Uh, Joe? Uh, yeah. Um, man, I wish I, I wish I had some more. I wish... Lewis had some more UFC experience because that was not a very good look against Uriah Hall. He I mean, looked, wait, wait, wait. He looked good till he well, got that's knocked I, Okay, so, yeah, but it's not a very good look when you're dominating a guy for two rounds and then get finished, right? So that's what I don't like. Um, I wish he had some more octagon time. Stewart, I see Stewart as an all-ceiling kind of play. I mean, his floor is almost zero. Um, but at 7.2K, you're right. He's going to be popular because he could get finished. Now, but what's Bevin Lewis' path to victory, right? Knockout, right? When Stewart gets finished, he typically gets finished via by a sub, right? I mean, that tends to be how Stewart loses. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at his, his fights. I don't see that he's been finished in the UFC by knockout. His two finishes losses have been by by sub um and i don't think bevin lewis is going to sub him so i get where the love from stewart is coming i think this is a good fight to target um both fighters have relatively good inside the distance props um i am gonna pick lewis to win but i like knight better for DraftKings. i'm sorry i like knight. stewart stewart Do better it. for DraftKings. Right, moving on, we have Jan Zhaonan, 9,100, taking on Angela Hill 
at 7,100. Jan Jeanan is minus 170. The comeback on Hill, plus 160. The cash game chalk. Joe, who do you got? Okay, so I bet um, Yan Jeanan to win in a, in a five-female fighter parlay. However, um, for DraftKings, I have got a low to Hill, especially in cash. Um, at 7.1K, I could see her throwing 100 strikes, landing 100 significant strikes in a loss, and I don't necessarily see the, the likelihood of her getting finished. So my preferred play is Hill. Um, I am going to, I guess, pick her for an upset, although if you if you followed my betting picks, I did bet Jingnan in a parlay. Um, but I am going to, for the purpose of this podcast and for DraftKings, I'm going to pick Angela Hill. Um, I have very little exposure in GPPs the other way, simply because I think there's better value um, in and around her at her price point. Um, so I'm I'm on Hill here. Yep, I agree with that. It's, it's hard to fit in Jan at that price, uh, Chris. So I think that's going to be the um... – the preferred play of people. And, and I, and obviously I see the logic of it and I don't think it's, it's wrong uh, by any means, but I have a uh, sort of a different view as I often do on this podcast. Um, I think that um, when fighters come right at Angela Hill, she tends to struggle a little bit. Um, she tends to try to move away and sometimes get herself caught against the fence. And I think against somebody like Shannon who, throws hard and always throws in combination. I can see Angela Hill getting a little overwhelmed here. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't think a finish is out of the realm of possibility either because I know that they're both going to be throwing, and I expect you not to be throwing harder, and I expect her to be throwing more often, and I expect her to be landing the crisper shots. Um, so I get the Hill love, but I think Yanan is an interesting little pivot here. Now, to Sean's point, it is hard to fit her in um, so this would have to be more of a, if you're making a multiple lineups play, because it, it will be hard to fit her in with all the high price plays, but, um, with her ferocity and her combination striking and the power, which what it looks like she, she throws with, I think this is a pretty good matchup for Yanon. And, um, I think Hill really shines when somebody sits there like a Jody Escobel and lets her work. I mean, Escobel flurried a little bit in that fight, but for the most part, um, somebody who just sits there and lets her work and that's not going to be Yanon here. So it'd be interesting how how to see how she deals with the pressure. I don't think it's going to be very well, and I'm picking Yanani. All right, next up, Calvin Cater, 8,800, taking on Ricardo Lamas at 7,400. Cater, minus 140. Lamas, plus 130. Plus 130 for 7,400, and a guy who's been around the top of, top of this division for a long time. Lamas is one of my favorite underdog plays on the card, even if I am picking Calvin Cater to win, because I don't have a lot of dogs I like this week. Chris? Yeah. Um, this fight, after I, after I watched a little bit of uh, tape for this fight, uh, uh, a, a vision came in my head of, uh, of um, the Moicano fight for Cater, where Cater was very clearly winning the first round, and then Moicano started mixing in the light kicks and, um, and really threw off Cater's timing and um, ended up uh, – winning that fight uh, pretty handily. I think Lamas can do much the same thing. He, he's good fighting on the outside. Um, he throws good leg kicks. He's good at fighting long. He can mix in his wrestling there, although Cater does have some good wrestling defense. But I just see the kicks of Lamas and the ability of Lamas to fight long um, being the equalizer here. 
I think that's going to make a huge difference. I like Calvin Cater. Um, I've picked him in a few fights. I picked him against uh, Shane Burgos uh, when he had the knockout upset, but I just think uh, his skill set's a little too limited for a guy like Lamas here, so Lamas is the thing. Joe? Wow. Um, I Look, uh, narrative here is that, you know, Lamas is a Chicago boy. Um, he's fighting in front of a home crowd. I thought he looked really good against a very difficult opponent in Darren Elkins. He was able to break him down where a lot of other guys could not. Um, so I – shit, I can't believe this. I'm actually going to go with Lamas here as well. Um, you know, I think he's a better DraftKings play at 7.4K. Again, this is a GPP-only play. I don't know if I would be comfortable with Lamas and Cash. Um, because I could certainly see him getting pieced up by Calvin Cater standing, um, not unlike what happened to Andre Feely. Um, so um, I do, I am going to give Lamas a shot at home and at seven point four K. Definitely some some GPP upside. Carolina Kovalevich, eighty four hundred, taking on Alexa Grasso at seventy eight hundred. We have some odds value here on Alexa Grasso. Grasso is a. How did it go? Promise the number one up, guys. Minus one of actually, it's pick them now. Minus one of five a piece. I have concerns that Carolina Kovalevich is done. I will have to give credit to the Newsom MMA podcast and John Prentice, who made the connection that you know Carolina Kovalevich is almost in an Alexander Gustafson type of place, and that has been talking about you know she's not going to fight forever. She's not getting a title shot anytime soon. She's been around a while. Where is she going to go Go from here? Interesting comparison. It's going to be a stand-up type of fight. I like Alexa Grasso in this one. at 7800 The price tag sure is right. Uh, Joe, which one Which one yeah. of these two is part of your parlay? Okay, first of all, I want to I, – I, my first UFC event um, was KK's debut in Orlando. So I, I have fond memories of her as a dog debuting. I believe she went against – Randa Marcos and beat her um, in her debut. Um, so I, I have fond memories of her. I also love her her bikini photos um, that she posts um, on Twitter. Um, with that said, uh, I think that uh, her life got changed um, in her her fight against uh, Andrade. Um, I was on Waterson when Waterson fought her. I don't understand the quick turnaround for her coming off of a loss. I think um, she's fighting out her contract and she's done. Yeah, really I, do. that, that's where I think the narrative is here. I mean, she's hinted at the fact that she wants to have babies and get married and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, Grasso, on the other hand, um, got beat by Tatiana Suarez, got dominated. But I don't know. It's not like she got bloodied up and hurt. It's more like she just got humiliated, um, has taken a full year off, which I like. Um, main training partner is Irene Aldana. Um, I think Aldana has really made some, some progress. They both started in the UFC at the same time as teammates. Um, I like Grasso here. I mean, I, I, Grasso, I put in my parlay, my five female fighter parlay. Um, I like Grasso here, 7.8 K. Um, I don't know how high the ceiling is because unless KK is really shot, I don't know that Grasso is going to finish her. Um, but I, I like Grasso at 7.8K. Um, I think you could use her in cash if you wanted to, um, you know, if your lineup was constructed that way. But um, I'm on Grasso as well. Chris? 
Well, before I give my pick, Otto has um, uh, told me to remind Joe, since he doesn't really read the chat, that he was only on Waterson because Otto pushed him that way. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he says. I don't remember that, but okay. All right. Otto, Otto's pretty fired up because he's already right, gets yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to uh, – he's got a lot of time to sit and simmer over there. But, uh, yes, he uh, is. But um, as far as this fight goes, I, I like Grasso a lot. I think she's a good fundamental boxer. I think she keeps distance well. She's got a good jab. Um, the reason <clears> – <throat> the red flag that I see here, and um, – I take um, your point about, you know, where has that has gone. But I'm um, just going into the um, stuff that I see on the tape is um, uh, when Randa Marcos pressured uh, pressured Grasso, she didn't like it. And Randa Marcos had a lot of success in the striking, uh, just coming forward and pressuring. And um, that's Kovacavich's whole game, basically. Is I mean, I mean, uh, Watterson was able to stop that impressively by doing a lot of – using a lot of footwork and um, – you know, uh, popping a jab in there. And I guess Grasso could do kind of the same thing, although she's certainly not as quick as Waterson is. Um, I think that the constant pressure from Kovacavich is going to take its toll on Grasso here. I don't see her standing up to it. And so for that reason alone, and for the fact that um, uh, Kovacavich is just going to keep coming, I think I have to pick Kovacavich here. Wow. All right, next up, Aljamain Sterling, 8,500, taking on Pedro Munoz at 7,700. For this fight, I mean, best fight odds is just usually keeps these things kind of in order. Aljamain Sterling, minus 135. Pedro Munoz, plus 125. Another interesting spot, at least for me, where I think uh, Aljamain wins, but Pedro's the better DraftKings play. Chris, who you got? Um, yeah, I, I think Aljamain wins too. I, I like him to use his length here and kind of kind of stop Munoz from sort of um, being able to pocket box as effectively as he likes to do. Um, also think the length of of, um, of uh, Aljamain as a grappler will help him here. Um, I'll be interested to see these grappling exchanges. I think that um, Aljamain uh, could very well get the better of them. And I like him to stay outside and use his kicks and use his range. Um, Munoz might be the better DraftKings play if he wins, just because um, of the nature of how he fights. But um, I really see Aljamain neutralizing him here, uh, much the same way that he did to uh, um, uh, two different fighters, of course, but two guys who like to throw heavy in the pocket, and th that one is Jimmy Rivera. Um, I, I think he's going to neutralize. Uh, I think he's going to neutralize. Um, Munoz, much the same way, and um, might be sort of a, a boring type decision fight. It depends on on how the grappling exchanges play out, how many of them there are. But I am going with Aljamain Sterling here. Joe, give me Munoz to win and on DraftKings. I got a few stats here: one thirty-one, Brett Johns; one eighteen, Brian Caraway, who by the way beat Aljamain Sterling; one sixteen, Cody Garbrandt. I, I, the way for Algerman Sterling to win this fight is to wrestle and or to fight at range. Now, if he wrestles, he puts his neck in jeopardy of the best guillotine in, in MMA. I don't think he gets guillotine. Okay. So, okay. So then he's going to stand up. I was impressed with Munoz's hands um, against Garbrandt. Now we could, we could all say Garbrandt's got, you know, his, his chin is soft. He, you know, whatever, you know, but, dumb, dumb. yeah, 
I um I like Munoz here. I I think there's some you know seven point seven k. Um, I like him to. I mean, I like his progression on DraftKings. I mean, you've got a guy that you know in the last three fights have scored significant DraftKings points. Um, you know, so I'm going with Munoz here. I, I will have some Aljamain Sterling. You know, um, you know, predominantly for GPPs, but I like uh, Munoz in all formats here. All right, I have to. I have to come back in really quickly. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying Munoz can't win, but. You like this hands against Garbrandt? They, they they closed their eyes and threw, and one person landed first. Uh, I don't know if it was quite like, that bad. I but mean, I mean, even if you want to look at common opponents, Chris, I mean, look at Brian Caraway, right? Brian Caraway like like schooled Aljamain Sterling, and you know, dominated him. Yeah, but that's a long time ago. Now. Okay, so okay, so not that long, but okay, so yeah. I mean, how much better has Sterling gotten? Yes, he's he looks better. I will give him that. I will give him that he looks better. Um, but, you know, are, is it possible that maybe Jimmy Rivera is on the decline? Is that possible? We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. In, in a bit. So, I don't know. I, I like the value. This guy seems to get no respect. Um, you know, trains at a good camp. Um, DraftKings gold over his past three fights. I'm going to take another. Look, if, if Aljamain Sterling, you know, knocks me out of a GPP, so be it. I just don't see it happening. Speaking of DraftKings gold, Tatiana Suarez, 9,500, taking on Nina Ansarov at 6,700. Tatiana Suarez, last time I looked, it's it's down a little bit, minus 650 on five dimes. You can get her. It's all the way up to minus 1,000 in some places. Plus 475 on the comeback for Ansarov. Joe, how much much, uh, Tatiana Suarez we slamming in this week? Well, I am not going to say how much I have, but – and I am not the best at predicting ownership, but I will predict that Tatiana Suarez is the highest owned fighter um, this week. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I think she will be. I will Definitely. say this. I will say this much. I will have three times as much Tatiana as I will have Val. So I will give out that. But um, I think Tatiana is going to be highly owned. DraftKings gold, I mean, averaged throughout her UFC career, 130 DraftKings points. I mean... Sign me up at 9.5K for 130 points. I'll take that all day and twice on Sunday. Um, I, I like her to work her dominating game against Ansarov. Uh, I think Ansarov can be taken down. Um, look, there has been some counter narrative that, oh, if it stays on the feet, um, you know, Ansarov is a better striker. Okay. Um, what are the chances that Tatiana cannot get Ansarov down? The power wrestler that she is. Um, I think that uh, Ansarov is should be just practicing her get-up um, because I don't think she's going to have an opportunity to strike. Um, I don't like Ansarov all that much. I do like her better than I. <laughs> Give Otto a little, uh, a little yeah. fuel for the fire. I, I, like I, I like I better. Do you? Okay. I like Ansarov slightly better, but not much. Um, and I, like, I don't make much of the narrative. Well, look, she gets to train with Amanda Nunez. I, I, don't, I don't care. Amanda Munoz? You know, Amanda Nunes. So I don't think that anyone that she trains with has the power wrestling that uh, Tatiana Suarez has. So anyway, Tatiana's my girl. Yes, I got a crush on her. But um, I I see her as a future champion um, at both 115 and 125, maybe 135. Who knows? Um, But anyway, I I like Tatiana here a a lot. She's going to be very highly owned. Um, You're going to need to really get the right combination 
Um, if this, if if her, if she hits and there's chalk, um, be ready for a lot of ties. Yep, Chris. Uh, yeah. Only thing I'll say, Joe, is be careful. Don't like criticize her on Twitter because she might block you, and then we never know what might happen. Nina, but, uh, Nina or Tatiana. Tatiana. I love Tatiana. How I know. I'm saying that you have a track record of uh, criticizing people you like, and then they block you on Twitter, yeah. and it's all Tatiana good. follows me on Twitter. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Tatiana follows me too. I love it. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Be yeah. careful, man. Yeah. Megan Anderson block <laughs> is, the, is the only one. Megan Anderson is the only one who who uh, blocked oh, she, me. She's soft. All right, so and the blocked. All right, so um, I have to say, no fighters have blocked me on Twitter. Zero fighters, but okay. Nice. Um, get, getting getting uh, back to the fight here. Um, I'm a pretty big Nina Ansaroff fan. I, I think I've taken her in basically every fight she's had. Um, and I think she deserved to win every fight except for um, uh, the Julianne Lima fight, which she lost. But uh, she beat she beat Justine Kish. That was a robbery. But uh, in any event, um. Yeah, um, as we said, Tatiana Suarez is not much of a striker, right? Um, she's very stiff. She just basically throws big power shots, but she's a big power wrestler, and she generally gets um, the women against the fence where she wants them and takes them down. We know that Nina Antaroff can be taken down. We've seen her on her back against um, uh, Randa Marcos and, and other people, so we know that she can be taken down. Um, Antaroff. Has a has a decent style on the feet if she can use her jab and use those low kicks um, to keep her some distance there. But um, you have to think that at some point Tatiana is gonna um, get her down. And what she does, it's impressive how how nicely she floats on top for somebody her size. I mean, she's really really seems very athletic and very um, uh, very skillful. Obviously, um, it really is impressive. Like in that Grasso fight, I thought. That Grasso had gotten out of a lot of positions only to find that uh, Suarez um, got them back. So I do expect uh, Suarez to um, get her down at a certain point. Now, the get-ups are going to be important. I don't know if she gets subbed here, but I think the rinse and repeats can be enough. I do. I, I, I think that, um, you know, she's going to be so highly on that it might even it might be worth it to, I mean, even just if you don't want to answer off, it might just be worth it to, to just leave Tatiana off a couple lineups, um, just in case you know she or she underwhelmed with the score, or I mean, what I'll be rooting for um, with my heart anyway, uh, an answer off win, just because she's going to be so highly owned. But I mean, in summation, I have to basically agree that eventually she's going to find uh, answer off's legs and take her down, and I think she's going to score pretty highly. But I do like answer off. I do think she has some skills on the feet. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right, next up we have tied to Ivasa 8700 taking on Blagoy even off at 7500. Tied to minus 135, Blagoy even off plus 125. I don't understand this line. I think Blagoy sucks. Um, I like Ty quite a bit, and I think he goes over owned, under owned as people try and slam in uh, Tatiana and Shevchenko. Chris? Yeah, um, this is another one where I fully came in expecting the pick to Ivasa. Um, you pick Blagoy even off. I might jump off this call. What? This is, come on. Well, here's here's the thing. You got to hear me out first, and then and then you can jump off if you're not happy. But um, I might just go to sleep. Go ahead. What, well, yeah, that's true. It's it's getting getting up there already. But um, I I just think that. Well, here's my basic thing. I mean, my my like my first thought when I looked at this was okay. Even off gets himself backed up a lot. 
Uh, Tuivasa comes forward and throws hard, and that's the end of it. But I don't think that's the end of it because Tuivasa just gets really wild um, in the strikes he throws. I don't think he's very good about cutting off the cage. And I think that um, Ivanov has at least a plan of what he wants to do in there. Like in that, in that matchup against um, against Ben Rothwell, he was basically just circling out and, and making Rothwell eat jabs when he was trying to come in. And I think he can do, I think he can do the same thing here, more or less. Um, I don't deny that. I, I do think actually that Tuivas is going to hit him hard on a couple of occasions, but nobody finishes this guy anyway. Uh, that being the guy even off. And I think that, um, Tuivasa has moments in fights where he lets it get away from him. We saw that obviously in the Dos Anjos fight where he basically just charged in with his hand down and got caught with a counter hook. Uh, we, we've, we've seen him, you know, have lapses. We saw it in the Arlovsky fight, um, where he was giving rounds away to Arlovsky, uh, or at least one round. I thought, well, either way, I thought, uh, Arlovsky might've won, but neither here nor there. I just don't think that, um, Tuivasa is as much of a plan of what he wants to do in there. I think he's reckless. And I think even off for all his faults and, and a guy who doesn't do that much, I think he's a, he's a seasoned veteran and I think he knows his way around the cage. And I expect that experience to come into play here. And uh, so, yeah, I'm picking even off. Joe. Look, I think, I think Chris has got a pretty solid point here. I, Thank you, Joe. I'm not going to pick even off, but no. – the fact that he was able to kind of, you know, survive against JDS, where uh, the our our good friend uh, our good friend Tui Tavasa has not did not. Um, I I'm gonna pick Tuivasa tentatively. Um, I'm not gonna have, which is surprising for a heavyweight fight. I'm not gonna have a lot of ownership, but I do think that I don't see Ivanov finishing Tuivasa. So if he wins, it's likely going to be a low scoring decision where at least Tuivasa has got the potential to finish the fight, but he is purely a GPP play. I mean, and I'm not, not a very confident one at that. So I will pick Tuivasa, but um, not a very strong endorsement of the fight as a whole. Yeah. I'll have a ton of, a ton of tie Tuivasa just in terms of taking a shot in GPP. Anyway, uh, Peter Jan, 9,300, taking on Jimmy Rivera at 6,900. Interesting to see what you guys think of this fight as Peter Jan is pretty big favorite, minus 315. The comeback on Rivera is plus 285. I do think Jan's the real deal, but at that price for, for Jimmy Rivera, yeah, I'll have more, way more Rivera in this spot. Uh, wow. Not, not, and I'm picking Jan to win 6,900 for Jimmy Rivera. That's not right. And am I way more? I'm not going to have a ton of Peter Jan because Tatiana Suarez is right there. So, I mean, kind of pick your poison. I, I, I'll take I'll take Suarez over Jan and Rivera over some of these other punts. Um, similar to, it's just one of those, you have Rivera and Lamas who are just really good fighters at this price. I'm going to take um, shots on them in GPPs. Uh, sorry, you, Joe. Okay, so I have Pieter Jan as a pivot off of, not off of, of Suarez. I have her as a pivot off of Val. So that's why I have a fair amount of, of Jan as a pivot off of Val. So I have very little Jimmy Rivera. Um, did not like what I saw in the last 
few fights. He seemed like he didn't, well, I mean, obviously you can't fault him for getting, you know, head kick KO'd by Morais, but he did not look good at all against Sterling, which somewhat surprised me. I, I think I might have actually picked him. I'm sure I did pick him in that fight. So did not like the way he looked um, in that fight. So I'm definitely on Jan here. I, I don't have a lot of Rivera. Honestly, I don't see that Rivera has the punching power to finish Jan. I don't see him landing a ton of significant strikes. So, okay, like even if he wins a decision, it's going to be really low scoring, um, you know, which I honestly I, I – find a stretch. So I don't see a lot of upside. I mean, I could see maybe using them in cash, you know, if you want to pivot off a hill, but I, I don't like him in GPPs. I don't think he's got great upside. And I think there are better plays in cash like Angela Hill. So I'm going to have very little exposure to Jimmy Rivera. I'm picking Peter Yan to win this fight. And I'm going to say by finish. Okay, Chris. Uh, yeah, um, I I basically agree with with Sean's logic on this. I mean, guys who are this talented or are this cheap, uh, you you almost have you almost have to take shots on them. Um, in this case, I think that um, in the staff picks, I picked Peter Yan, but I've been going back and forth on this fight. I, I the reason why I mean, it's hard not to like Peter Yan from what we've seen. I mean, he just done this. He he backs you up into the cage. He takes away your space. He unloads on the combination. He's fairly good defensively. He shows good head movement. Um, I just don't like that he can um, sometimes, um, you know, just shell up um, to block punches. Um, that's part – shell up and dip, which is part of what got him caught uh, by John Dotson in the knockdown. I think that Jimmy Rivera's problem uh, in the – well, one of his problems in the Aljamain Sterling fight was um, – Aljamain, as I, as I mentioned earlier or alluded to earlier, was – just using his length to kind of negate Jimmy who likes to get inside and throw. And um, Peter Yan's going to give him, I mean, this is, by the way, this is going to be a fireworks fight. Um, Peter Yan is going to give him the fight he wants. These guys are going to be in boxing range throwing. And um, I think that um, Jimmy Rivera is very clever in spots like that. I like how he varies his timing. Um, I like how he, I like that he mixes in feints. I think Yan can do all that stuff too, which is why this matchup, is so intriguing to me. I just don't think that um, this matchup should be that lopsided. I think Jimmy Rivera is um, getting some needless disrespect here after um, after a uh, Aljamain Sterling loss, which was he had physical disadvantages and then you know a head kick, which is whatever. Um, so I agree with Sean. I'm going to probably be a little bit more heavy on Jimmy um, than I think. Well, I was going to say that most people will, but I'm not sure at that price. Maybe people go for it. But um, regardless, I think Jimmy is a very worthwhile player. I do think this is a fight to have both sides of because I think these guys are going to war, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's definitely going to be a, a fun fight, I think. All right, let's move on to the most fun fight on the card, the main event of this card as far as I'm concerned, the people's main event, Tony Ferguson, 8,600, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, 7,600. Tony Ferguson, minus 140, Cowboy Cerrone, plus 130. Chris, take it away. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like every fight uh, for the past four or five, uh, maybe since he had his baby, I'm not, I'm not sure where the timelines uh, coalesce, but 
I think ever since um, his last few fights, I've always been having to talk about the improvements that Cerrone has made and how he's dealing with the pressure. And every time, save for that, um, save for that, um, oh, what's, who do you, who, armbar, who do you armbar? Mike Perry. Save, save for the Mike Perry fight, because I just don't like, I just don't like him as a fighter. I think I've picked against Cerrone in all of those fights. I just, I've just expected the pressure to get to him, and he's always been show, showing ways to, uh, to counter it. Um, and it's always something different. Uh, in the Ally Quinta fight, he was showing a really good stiff jab. Not that he hadn't shown that before, but he was really using it effectively. And he's used other methods of, of things to, to halt pressure. Um, the problem is here, and maybe Cerrone's going to make me have egg on my face again, but the problem is that none of those guys' pressures were like um, Tony Ferguson's pressure, which is just nonstop and doesn't even let you decide, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, you just have to react because, I mean, basically that's all Tony Ferguson's doing. I think he's going to push a pace that Cowboy, who does have good cardio, I don't expect him to be tired. But what I mean when I say he won't be able to match the pace is I don't think he'll be able to get his game going um, in the face of what uh, Ferguson is going to bring. I just think that Ferguson's going to overwhelm him here. Now, I have to say, and um, it's funny because in the last fight against Pettis, I remember the uh, the – the uh, chat was giving me crap for saying that uh, Tony gets hurt a lot in fights, and then he gets after. Yeah, he does get hurt a lot in fights. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely he does. I mean, but I must say that I was getting crap for that, and then he got absolutely rocked by Anthony Pettis in the first round, um, or the second round, I forget. But either way, it was it was early in the fight. But um, I don't know that Cerrone can do that just because Cerrone isn't an athletic, overly athletic striker like those guys. Um, he's more of that Muay Thai um, stand in place, so I don't know if he's going to have that kind of success. But Tony Ferguson gets hurt so much, and Donald Cerrone, as we've seen, is a clever um, striker who figures his opponents out, especially lately. So can he hurt Tony Ferguson? Yeah, of course he can. And for that reason, I don't think he should totally fade Cerrone, but I just don't see how he's going to deal with the pressure in the overall game of, of uh, Tony Ferguson, so i got to pick Tony. Joe? Yeah, I'm on Tony here. Look, um, the the dad cowboy narrative, I get it. Uh, however, look at Cowboy's career. When he hits a certain level of fighter, you know, he falls off a cliff. Um, I don't know that he's ever beaten a top three fighter when that, that fighter was in the top three, if you go back throughout his career. Not to mention, I don't think it's a great stylistic matchup. For Cowboy, I mean, um, we've seen the, what a pressure fighter could do to Cerrone when game bred just lit him up in a major way in Denver. Um, that is the recipe to beat Cowboy. Um, you know, Tony, uh, you know, can start fast, can go out, can get him. It's not without some risk, though. I mean, look, Tony has been hurt a little bit in almost every one of his fights, and then he comes back and he. He finishes it. He's also been pretty close to DraftKings gold in his scoring, um, you know, in his fights. So I like Tony here. I think this is a good fight overall to target. I think you would be foolish in mass entry GPPs to not play uh, some Cowboy Cerrone. Um, I will tell you that my exposure to this fight as a whole um, is about 75. Well, wait, how much is it? It's about 75%, I believe. Let's see. My, my exposure to this fight. 
is, uh, let's see, exposure. Okay, so yeah, it's about 75%. So I have about I have this fight in about 75% of my lineups, both both fighters. So I like I like uh, Ferguson, but I would say definitely have shares of Cerrone. Moving on, we have the actual co-main end of the evening for the flyweight championship. Valentina Shevchenko, ninety-six hundred. Jessica I, sixty-six hundred. I can hear Otto salivating. Oh, here we go. Valentina Shevchenko minus ten fifty. Jessica I plus eight fifty. He Otto in chat like Jessica I. I think he's insane. The conversation we can have is that Valentina is not a good DraftKings score aside from Maro Yamasaki letting her hit Priscilla Cachoeira. 50 million times for no reason. I don't think she scores well. I don't mind being underweight on Shevchenko. Maybe really underweight. Um, I don't, but I think she wins. I mean, pretty comfortably at minus minus 1050. Um, Joe, we'll start with you for this one. Okay. I, I somewhat disagree with, with your statement, Sean, about her not scoring well and wins. Um, for 9,600, though. For okay. 9, well, well, okay. So, so she scored. At nine at nine point four k in her last fight, she put up one hundred and nine against JJ, um, and that included five takedowns and three advances. Um, obviously, Priscilla Catch a beating. Um, she put up one hundred and forty points. Um, you I like know, that. I against, definitely like that one. Go yeah, on. against uh, Pena, Julia, Juliana Pena, ninety three points. Just because she finished her so darn quick. Um, you know, I you know give, giving her five rounds to work. I could certainly see her. Putting up, you know, a lot of points um, against uh, against Pennant, you know, who might be. I'm sorry, I I keep saying Pennant, who's who might be too tough for her own good. I think what Otto really likes is not Jessica I. I think he's definitely likes like her derriere um, because that is the only reason I can see um, to to perhaps uh, form some level of allegiance. I just want to let Otto know that he has got time. He can bet 65 units on uh, Val to hedge his five-unit play on I. I would think about maybe doing that. Um, I think you guys need a singing bet. Like, yeah, I mean a singing bet. Yeah, but see, it's not so it, confident. It's not really fair to him though to have. Like, I'd be I'd be perfectly willing to do a a singing bet, but I don't. I just don't think it's fair because I I've, I mean okay, I've, right. I've got I've got auto a auto in chat. Do you agree to a singing bet? We'll get Paul Shaughnessy for the official review official rules but do we have a singing bet you go ahead and uh respond go for it virtual look, hands I, I just, look i just don't think it's fair to auto just because i'm 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 on such a big favorite um will do it i'm willing, willing to do it i'm willing to do it if he wants right. to do it uh, i like i like val i just think that you i think you can get uh 12 10 to 12 x on val i think she's obviously uber safe in cash but then again so is suarez um, you know, so what I what I've done in GPPs is I pivoted some off of Val in onto Piotr Yan um, in GPPs, but uh, I, I like Val a fair amount here. Um, I'm um, I'm on her. Um, I'm not sure what her ownership is going to be. I'll probably be at at around her ownership. Although you and I we were talking about this earlier, Sean, you think her ownership is going to be higher than I do. So if if she really comes in at your ownership levels, I will be under. Um, but if she comes in where I think she's going to be owned, I'll probably be right on top of it. Chris, how are you approaching this one? Yeah, I, uh, well, first of all, I would like to he hear like a breakdown if, if Otto wants to 
do a couple of sentences uh, in chat. Auto Auto just said ship it. So I think I think the uh, singing bed is on. I'm oh, yeah, we're on, guys. No back go, now. I think I'm gonna go hop on Twitter and tag uh, Paul Shag. I love that. I love this making wagers in in uh, chat in real time. But um, I would like to hear um, you know, what uh, what stylistically he likes about I for this. I don't get it, man. I don't get it because I I, I um look look Jessica I is a, is a, is an aggressive come forward striker, but um like in that Chikagian fight and in other fights she's weird. she really is is a wild striker and, and misses pretty badly sometimes with those big overhands. And Val is one of the most defensive. Best defensive fighters in the sport. She's a great counter puncher. She's gonna have a lot of opportunities to hit I very hard. And Jessica I, when she goes to grapple, I don't think she's very strong again in that Chukagian fight. Um, she, when she would go for takedown, Chukagian basically just bullied her to the ground. Like she wasn't able to get any purchase um, in the clinch at all. And we know how strong Tipchenko is. So I, I really don't see any. Like I, I said on Twitter that this reminds me. Uh, somewhat of um, Nunez versus Rocky Pennington. Not again, stylistically, obviously fighters are different, but that level of mismatch, I think. Um, and I'm on Shevchenko really heavily here. I think she's got, I think she's basically got every advantage, unless Otto has one that I haven't thought of. Um, so yeah, can can she get a finish here? I think the matchup is such that she's going to have her opportunities. But I agree that um, the fact that she is a counter striker uh, to a fault does limit um, with the big price tag. But yeah, I mean, uh, Otto, I'm sorry, buddy. But- Last point, Otto. Let's live in reality for a minute. If let's 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 assume for a moment that this fight is not going to happen, and that Jessica I instead is going to fight Andrea KGB Lee. Does Angela Angel does KGB not? Open as a, like a two to one favorite against Jessica I. I mean, I, I don't I'm see. I'm going to read the. Uh, the I don't see how she model. beats KG. I don't see even how she beats KGB Lee. Here we, here we go. Ready? Jessica I is undefeated in the UFC at 125. It's her natural weight class and went to decision in most of her fights. And I think has a better than decent chance to get there against Val. Val starts slow. I can steal rounds. Camp has been changed. No more distractions. Has a full corner. And thinks Val is kind of fake, which I'm actually I I think Val's a little overrated personally, and the hype train is weird to him. I told so, you the only way that I is going to steal rounds is if she mugs the octagon girls and takes the placards. That's the only way that Jessica I is going to steal rounds. All right, let's move on to the main event of the evening is Magic Marlon Moraes. 8,300, taking on Henry Cejudo at 7,900. Cejudo trying to become a champ champ. He's the underdog, plus 120. Marais, the favorite, minus 130. Chris, start us off with the main event. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, the first thing that um, we're going to get um, an answer to really quick is we're going to have to see how Cejudo does on those takedown attempts. Um, been a while since um, Marais fought a dedicated wrestler. I mean, um, Obviously, he fought Alderman Sterling, but that that fight never got got a chance to uh, never got really got a chance to use wrestling defense in that fight. He ended it too quickly. Um, on the feet, I think that I, I'm uh, despite the um, improvements that Tudo has made, he's really more of an in and in and out darting uh, striker. He's got some power, of course, but I think Marais is way cleaner with his technique. He's way better of a combination puncher, and he might not strictly be as fast as Tudo, but he's at least fast enough. 
I think, to um, to keep up and um, be manageable. And I think he just got he's just got more weapons. I think it's also worth noting that um, you know we saw Cejudo, you know, uh, take that first kick from Demetrius Johnson, and he didn't like it. He reacted kind of badly. Now we have this information that he may have hurt his knee. Although I I, I granted that that's more speculation than anything else. But we've already seen the knee get damaged. We saw Cejudo. Cejudo likes throwing those leg kicks, particularly in the last fight. He threw a ton against Sun Sal. I just think. Um, he's the better striker. The speed is at least comparable. I don't think Sudo has a big advantage there. I think that uh, Marais is going to beat him to the punch. And if Sudo can get his takedown game working, it may be a different story. But um, Marais moves so well that um, I kind of see him uh, staying away. But, you know, if Sudo gets takedowns going, it's a different fight. But as it stands, um, I'm picking uh, Sergio Marais. Sergio. Uh, Marlon Marais. Up at 170? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Champ, champ, champ next. Uh, okay, so, um, uh, by the way, did you guys, did you all know that Cejudo was like an Olympic medalist? Um, also, in uh, what? What are you talking Weird. about? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, do you know that even more impressively, um, in the state of Arizona, he won the copper gloves? Um, which is like the the third cousin to the Golden Gloves. Um, so yeah, uh, I cringed when I saw his little act. Um, I wonder if it's he funny loses, though. I wonder uh, if he loses if he's going to come out and blame the knee. Um, uh, in any case, um, yeah, he is cringeworthy. Uh, I like Marais here. I, you could just see the look on his face. He was like seething. He's like, "Let's get this pretender out of here." Um, I am more exposed to Marais than I am actually comfortable with. Um, at this point, um, I really do have him. Um, at a, I have him more. I'm probably going to be over the market. Um, it, it does bother me a little bit that I'm going to be over market. Um, but I do have a lot of him, and uh, he is my pick. All right, guys, that's what we got for UFC 238, except we need hot takes. I'll start us off with a hot take. Um, chat, guys, go ahead and drop one. I'm not taking Jessica. I win. Somebody else other than Otto, please give me a hot take. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we got that. I'm gonna say, but I, but I, in Otto's vein, Valentina Shevchenko nor Peter Jan end up in the optimal lineup. Wow, mm. pretty hot take. Uh, I gave, I gave, I retweeted my my five female fighter parlay. Pays about six to one. It is Val, Tatiana, uh, Grasso, Je, uh, Calderwood, and Zan, and that pays up like plus six something. You might even actually even get better. Now, because when I bet it, uh, although Grasso probably will cancel out um, JoJo, but it, you, it's at least going to pay six to one by female fighter parlay. I just retweeted it, so it's at the top. Now, uh, tell me on that one. I feel pretty comfortable. Uh, Chris? Yeah, all right. Let's see if we can make Sean jump all the way out the window. Ivanov? Um, Ivanov is going to knock out uh only if Tuivasa gasses himself out, then that's which could happen. It could. That's the only way that happens, though. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go with Will. I actually like this one quite a bit. No underdogs win. Wow. Oh wow. I, I I don't hate that one. I really don't. And that's when Angela Hill ends up in the winning lineup. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Although there'll be a thousand ties. Yes. Yes, there will. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's what we got for UFC 238. Good luck in your contest, which is fun. We'll see you next week. Wait, we get a week off, don't we? Oh, don't we? Do we? Do we?
Yeah, we, yeah, I think we get a week off and then we go to Greenville, right? Oh, I thought we had two. I thought that was next week and we had a week off after that. All right. So yeah. see you guys in two weeks. Especially enjoy UFC 238. Yep. Later, guys. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.